hello everyone. My name is Athena Rodriguez and I am your host for the Talk Woo Woo to Me podcast. Uh, It is a supernatural podcast and I want to discuss things with you like uh, mythological folklore, uh, really fun paranormal experiences, anything supernatural. That is what I want this podcast to be. Uh, insightful, informative, and pretty incredible. And this first episode, I just wanted to explain kind of my perspective and journey through the uh, spiritual world of uh, this, I guess. I I don't know. But um, I am joined by my absolutely uh, beautiful husband, uh, Funky Sam Medina. Hello, everybody. I am beautiful and I am funky. Both things. Both things achieved. Uh, So the reason why I wanted Sam to be a part of my first episode is because um, I'm going to touch points on, I guess you'd say my origin story, but a lot of my spiritual journey has um, a big chunk of it has to do with Sam. So I kind of wanted to be able to bounce back and forth with Sam on this episode and and really kind of go into who i am and yeah uh who are you i'm me you're awesome oh uh so i guess the big question is how did i know that i was a medium and i didn't i didn't for a long time actually um i noticed that i was seeing a lot of uh things when i was younger probably around maybe four or five years old and I thought everybody saw them so I didn't really uh, feel too alarmed Um, but then when I got a little bit older like around seven or eight it got more intense I was seeing uh, I guess you would say ghosts and hearing things and I knew that what I was seeing were dead people but I didn't know quite how to explain how I could see them to my father because it got to the point where it was really scary. And um, I told him that I was seeing dead people. And at the time, we actually lived quite close to a cemetery, Oak Hill Cemetery, if you're familiar with the San Jose Bay Area. Um, Oak Hill Cemetery, we lived next to there. And he thought that I meant that I was seeing a lot of funerals happening and I found it scary. And he wanted me to kind of not be scared of that anymore and his idea of getting me to face my fears was taking me to a midnight showing of the remake of Night of the Living Dead and um yeah that's the Almaden Twin I it's a new kind of theater now but before it was called the Almaden Twin because it was on Almaden Expressway and I'm rambling, Sam. There's two theaters in there. There is. Cause it's, it was. It's I a think twin. there's more now. Maybe it's a triplet now. It's like a Metroplex or a Cineplex. It is. Anyway, you had to walk home, <laughs> right? I did. We did. My dad and I walked home in uh, the dark, um, but he thought that it would be best for me to walk on the side of the cemetery by myself And I think his reasoning was that I would walk by it and nothing would happen and that would show me not to be afraid. You would kind of see that nothing 
what happened exactly right <laughs> but uh he didn't realize that there were a lot of uh feral peacocks in the cemetery and i didn't know at the time that what a feral peacock was yeah <laughs> <laughs> well not only that but i didn't realize that peacocks make a a certain noise and it's not like a regular bird they actually sound like a what I think is like old lady screaming for help. It's kind of like a, like, help, help, help. So instead of me just walking and minding my own business on the side of the cemetery, I was hearing a lot of scurrying and women screaming for help. And what you thought were women <laughs> I screaming it was for help. Women. And I, my dad was like super proud of me, but I was still scared because at this point, I didn't really know about zombies, so now my dad gave me, like, a new fear of zombies, and I just, it was the most terrifying thing to think that the the ghosts and the dead people I was seeing could possibly eat my brains. Cinelux. It was... Cinelux now. Oh, it's Cinelux. The Amadan twin is Cinelux. <laughs> Not that's relevant to your story. It's, it's important. It's important. Uh, I hope you're not bored by that story so far. It's, that was your first story. You're fine. It's a it good story. It was my first story. Look, I didn't bring it up to my dad again. After that, I didn't bring up anything that I was I was afraid of, like spiders, because I never knew what he was going to try to, like, scare it out of me with. Like, <laughs> Did he invent Fear Factor? I don't know. Maybe. He should have. I, I feel like he should have. But So um, after this happened and you walked through the next to the cemetery and you heard the peacocks. How did you feel from that? Like I said, it just reinforced my new fear of zombies. I was afraid of zombies for quite some time after that, um, <clears throat> that I started getting uh, nightmares of zombies. I had horrible zombie dreams and I would have them almost every night up until my 20s. <laughs> I think you still do sometimes. I do. Uh, no, no, actually, I don't really have zombie dreams that much anymore because um, I had had a zombie dream. And usually by the time the zombie gets to me, like the crowd of zombies get to me, I kind of just, you know, wake up because I'm so scared. But this time I didn't fight them off and I realized that they weren't trying to bite me or um, eat my brains. They were actually like... Uh, asking me for help to I help remember, them. I remember when you came with that with that realization. After that, I didn't have the dreams anymore. We were together when that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I didn't tell anybody that I was seeing dead people anymore. Uh, I didn't mention it. And into uh, my teenage years, I guess you would... I don't know how to explain it, but it, it's like... You're going through your teenage years and there's an influx of a hormonal imbalance and that paired up with the being able to feel and see things. It just it really overwhelmed me. So I tried really hard to kind of push it down, push that uh, ability to hear and feel things uh, in a sensitive manner. So uh, that didn't work very well for me. That. Did it work for a couple of years at least? No, it was really bad. It made me super depressed. And I really think that that's where the chunk of my depression uh, developed. Because I was trying to 
stuff it all down and hide it. And be in denial. I was in the closet. The spiritual closet. But uh, that's why I'm excited to tell you this portion of the story is um and I and I know that it's very common for people like me empaths mediums you know psychics whatever you want to call them um <clears throat> to really be accepted and um some of my family members accepted mm, that I had a gift but the majority of them were very religious including my dad and it was not it was not acceptable it was very uh looked at as i was communicating with dark forces so that made me even wedge myself further into the closet and i didn't really like to express anything or tell anybody about it because it made me feel weird yeah that's understandable made me feel weird so we're getting to the point where I'm in my, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and late everything's 20s, busting at the seams. Yeah. It's busting at the seams. I had, like, put it down so hard that now it was just, like, I was feeling weird things crazy and, like, super intense. I was seeing things super intense. Um, you know, it wasn't going to hold back anymore. And... Uh, at that point, I was able to kind of like be able to to detect the energy, but I didn't quite know how to explain it or translate it or anything like that. And that's kind of where I uh, met you. Yeah. Did you have any experiences before? Because I know before you met me, uh, you know, you were married and then you went through a divorce. Did that change any uh, perception of what you were doing as far as having that and then having that end and then being by yourself again? Um, I'm not sure if it did. I know that it... I, I call that moment a very like uh, intense dark night of the soul moment. I had to break down this like husk that I made of myself to protect myself. And you were still hiding it from when you were in high school. Yeah. So, I um, mean, they really, and when I say they, I mean like the universe or spirit or source or whatever you, you want to describe it as. Or, yeah. yeah that had to just like be. Oh, I see what you mean. I not religion. <laughs> it had to be. Uh, cracked open because um, the real me was inside and I had to be able to not only uh, feel this and accept it as part of me, it was um, really important for me to be able to find people that supported me in that because I really didn't feel safe telling anyone that part about me. What about um, a few things you did like, for example, I know your friend drew a picture and you were trying to see it. Oh, yes. So that was before me. That was OK. So I had um, <clears throat> throughout my life, I had experiences where um, people would ex explain what they've been through. And it wasn't entirely something that I was going through, like their gifts and what they hear, see, feel but I felt 
oh, I do have a piece of that. I know what that is. And I would research in books, and a lot of these books, they have ways to be able to hone these skills like clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, all of the clairs that help you be able to, you know, use your 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 gauges to read things. But um, yeah, it would show ways to test yourself and be able to um, understand how to use your gifts. And I had my best friend at the time uh, draw a symbol on a piece of paper. And I told her to just like leave it in her room or whatever. And I would try to see what it was by remote viewing. And if you're, if you're not familiar with that, that's kind of like you go into a meditative state and you try to see in your mind's eye uh, what is going on with a certain moment, time frame, you know, what have you. And when I tried to do it, all I saw was a heart and I told her all I see is a heart. And she said, well, uh, it was close. I drew your tattoo and my tattoo is kind of in the shape of a heart. So I, I was really happy about that. Very pleased. I was very pleased. I feel so dorky talking about this. I feel so woo-woo talking about this. Can I say uh, you are dorky whether or not you're talking about this? Oh, thank you. That's you're welcome. puts me at ease. I support you. I'm here to support you. I, it feels like it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I kind of shared it with, you know, people that... I trusted very small circle, which made me feel safe. And um, I really appreciate having those kind of people in my life because it truly is scary because when people think about woo woo, they also think about crazy people. And I mean, you never want to be associated with someone crazy. I think about Zack Ryder. Oh, well, yeah, that he's, too. He's crazy. You know it. Yeah. Thank you. Speaking of crazy, my cat's trying to get into the room. Oh, my other cat's trying to get into the house. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to say that um, as an adult uh, talking to Sam that we had met in middle school and I kind of didn't really, we didn't really connect or anything. I, I, I kind of didn't really care for him, but uh, when we reconnected as adults, it was really cool. He was really fun to talk to. Um, we liked each other's company. I was excited to make a friend in comedy and it was really exciting. I, I, I was on, on for the journey. Yeah. That's Were you on for the journey? I, I, I was on for the journey. I wasn't a friend in comedy yet. I mean. A potential maybe? We wrote together first. We did. So I feel like that counts. Not first. Well, you're making me feel so. <laughs> so <laughs> talk about um, the Lily thing. Oh. That was when we first, first started dating. Okay, so. And that was actually when you first told me that you had something <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so gross no not like an std 
<laughs> so like, a, <laughs> like a woo-woo something. So uh, I think I, I don't know if I had spent the night with you. I can't remember. But I had yeah, had a dream that um, I think we were at some kind of like picnic or something. And this little girl ran up to me. And I was like, whoa, that kid looks a lot like Sam. And I said, hi, who are you? And she said, Lily. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was just like something that I thought was so weird that, you know, I would dream of a little girl that looked like Sam because, I mean, Sam hadn't mentioned anything about having children or anything like that. So, um, Can I interject? Yeah. At the time, she was a little bit self-conscious to tell me about it because we literally just started dating. <laughs> and she thought, I would think... <laughs> That she thought that the hours that was our, our child, our child, right? <laughs> but I didn't think that. I didn't want to like seem like the crazy person who's like, "Oh yes, I saw her whole whole wedding in my dreams." Like, I just met you yesterday. <laughs> so uh, I was on the fence about telling him, but I had that urge. Like I really needed to tell him, and um, I had to really. Oh man. I remember how nervous I was to tell you because I was so scared. <sighs> what did you say? I think I told you, hey, I'm nervous to tell you this and I'm really scared. <laughs> All right, then. I I, I think did I told you... Did you hide under the couch like Gizmo does? No, I think I told you, uh, I don't want you to think the wrong thing. I just wanted to let you know that I had this weird dream and I saw this little girl and she looked like this and she really looked like you and her name was Lily. And then you didn't really like bat an eyelash or anything of it. So my quick make a long story. This is a long story. I'm so sorry. I'm to make a long story so short. Hard. No, I mean, um, for me, on this little interjection. <laughs> oh, well, all right. So I have two half sisters uh, that are about 11 and 12 years older than me uh, that I never met. And in fact, I told the story to somebody earlier today. Um, it's the whole thing about, you know, they, they came to see my dad. My dad wasn't around very much. And they told my mom, they're like, hey, we like you and Sammy, but we're here to see our dad. He's never here and we're not going to come back. And they never did. And so uh, that I was less than a year old, like eight months, ten months. And that was the last time I saw those two girls, my two half-sisters. And uh, in 2000 and I think it was right before this happened. I think it was like 2009, oh, wow. 2010. Uh, I came into contact on Facebook with my half sisters, and one of them had a daughter. Um, she, I mean, you know, not so much now because she's older, a little bit older now. But at the time, she was a little baby, and she had a little baby face, and she looked a lot like me because she was my half sister's baby, and her name was Lily. And so Athena told me about this. I reached over, got my phone, I looked up my sister on Facebook. And then I found the picture of her daughter. I said, does she look like this? My jaw dropped. It was so crazy. And her name was Lily. That was like the first time I ever had a dream of somebody. That it wasn't something like I was seeing in like awake life. I don't know what that ever came of. Maybe that was just, just to show me. I yeah. Don't know. Because nothing really came of that. Uh, that was 12 years ago. And I still haven't met those sisters in real life. Or really had much talk with them. Yeah. But that's not what this is about. But I think that was like, there was no way I could have known. 
There's really. no way. Unless you were a super stalker. <laughs> I was not, unfortunately. Remember I mean, Corey Gibson? Wait, that's not unfortunate. Remember Corey Gibson? She said that she looked through his trash can and oh, she saw yeah? all the junk food. <laughs> and so she brought him Tums or something. Yeah. <laughs> Because she loved him so much, she was going through his trash. Oh, I love it. That's what you were doing to me. I was not going through your trash. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel like, okay, so after that point, you kind of told me, hey, I'm a very spiritual guy. Very spiritual. When I was a kid, I was going to church with some friends. Um, Not even my family, not even my parents, just, just friends that I met. And they were going to church, and I went with them. It was a good little social thing. It was fun. And uh, when I was little, like elementary school age, I was really scared of my parents going to hell, you know, because oh, they're not Christians. They're going to go to hell. I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven and they're going to go to hell. I'm going to miss them for eternity. <laughs> You're all bike. So I, I remember telling my mom, like, I need you to go to heaven, you know, <laughs> like, I don't need you to go to hell. I need you to go to heaven. I need you to like be a Christian so you can go to heaven. And my mom told me, you know, I do have a relationship with God, um, but I don't need a church to do that. And I feel like, you know, I'm more spiritual than religious. And someday when you get older, you'll understand that. Mm, and I yeah. do completely understand that. Hello. Hello. But your mom was also a key component for you to be spiritual like her and being open to it. Well, I think that conversation was, was part of it, too. Mm-hmm. And also, we watched, when I was little, my mom was way into Nostradamus kind of stuff. <laughs> And so, like, she would record all, like, the A&E documentaries of Nostradamus. Those freak me out. we would watch them. We would watch them. So I was way into it. Those freak me out I was out way so into, hard. like, the psychics. And, and I'm still, to this day, into conspiracy theories and all that fun stuff. So I'm really open-minded to, to just thinking outside the box a little bit. And Absolutely. I think my mom was very uh, influential in that. Hell yeah, dude. I don't know where she got it, but that's where I got it. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, like, in the, like, babyest forms of developing my abilities at that point. Um, with the Lily thing, that was, like, a new thing that I experienced. Um, kind of, like, in my whole rapport. Because before that point, I was being able to sense energies around me. I was able to hear people talking. Um, sometimes I could see things, like imagery. And... Uh, it was like all the scary things. It wasn't anything fun, if I could, you know, be honest about well, it. Well, because also you were hiding from it, too. <gasps> yeah. So and kind of anything was scary in a way. Truly. Because you didn't want it to happen. It was so bad. It was so bad. I would, like, wake up in the middle of the night. I had nightmares every night. But I would wake up in the middle of the night and my uh, fingernails would be digging into my palms because I would be so freaked out. Wow. It was it was not fun at all. Not fun at all. Mm-mm. But I mean, that that was that whole Lily thing showed me a totally different perspective on seeing how things could be, you know? Like it could be lighter, it could be um engaging. Because that's two people. It wasn't something I was experiencing by myself anymore. Yeah, it could be, right, exactly. It could be like, not social, but like something that you share. Yeah. And that was so important for me because I, I would feel things off people. And then I, I was just like a sponge. I would absorb it. And then I would feel like I was just a crazy person. And you also lived in a pineapple under the sea. That is very true. Very true. Yeah. 
I was there. I had a snail named Gary. I saw it. It was intense. So then we decided, well, Athena decided to do another test. And she asked me to help her with this test. And it was um, putting something in your hand and you're getting the feel for what the, what, how, how do you describe the test? It's called uh, a test for clairsentience. And clairsentience is known as clear feeling. So you would be able to touch an object and you would be able to catch like either uh, images, visuals, uh, you would be able Just to feel off history, of it. History. Mm-hmm. Of what the object had to like offer, who had it maybe, or what it's been through. So at this point, I kind of tell my mom what's going on, what's happening, what Athena has shown me, kind of what she's told me. Just cut it up to speed as far as what I knew. And so I asked her if we could do this test with her. And I asked her if we had something, if she had something that maybe I didn't even know the history about. And not to tell anybody the history and have Athena hold it and just kind of see what happens. So my mom, so my at this point, my dad's passed away. Uh, this is 2010 uh maybe maybe my dad's been gone less than a year like like eight months six eight months and probably not even that but anyway so my dad had been passed away and so my mom went to get it was a rock it was just a stone that was all we knew she put it into athena's hand we didn't even know it was my dad's actually at the time so that's kind of a spoiler alert um (laughs) so she put it into athena's hand and athena says holding it holding it holding it and she says wow this makes my hand hurt and so my mom goes, oh, this is weird. No, she said, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And then she just walked out. She, she just, just walked out of the room. She just for the she just, door. Oh, that's weird. And she just went outside. And Athena looked at me and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I have no idea. I got so scared because, like I said, I was kind of scared of letting people know that side of me. So when she did that, I was like, oh, no, I made her upset or something i didn't know what was happening yeah i didn't know either so i went outside and i said hey what's going on and then she said can i tell her and i said yeah you can tell her so my mom came back in and she said do you remember the name of the rock uh bloodstone it was a bloodstone it was the smoothest stone in the world and it was um not immunity like curing like like health she said she got it for your your dad because for his asthma for his asthma yes. and it's supposed to help with detoxing blood too or something and so it was supposed to help him with his asthma and she wanted him to carry it with him at all times keep it in his pocket you know rub on it once in a while you know this stuff because she said it would help him with his asthma but my dad he refused to take it anywhere with him because he said this this is the smoothest stone in the world again um, but he said it hurt his hand and so my mom would just be pissed off at him. She was telling us this. She's like, how can it hurt your hand? It's the smoothest rock in the world. How can it hurt your hand? <laughs> and so when she gave it to Athena, and Athena said, wow, this hurts my hand, my mom's mind was just blown. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, not crazy. <laughs> it was, Thank you. <laughs> it was something. It was woo-woo. You know it. Dang, I, I feel like we're, we might do that a lot. I feel like we might do that a lot. So yeah, um, I wanted to do a lot of testing because they say that you have some clairs that you might have are stronger than others. And um, I was in the learning phase of what my abilities were. So I wanted to see what my strengths and uh, my underdeveloped stuff was. And 
I hit all the clairs. So I would test all of them and one of them was um, automatic writing. And at the time, Sam and I weren't driving. We were taking the the train. Well, this was, we were taking the bus everywhere, but this was a specific trip to San Mateo mm -hmm. because we were running a comedy show in San Mateo circa 2011. Yeah. And we were taking, what were we taking? Caltrain. We were taking Caltrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, excuse me. Woo, woo, woo. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we are on Caltrain. I had my notebook because at the time I was practicing automatic writing, uh, here and there whenever we had long trips and, um, I started doing some automatic writing on this trip and immediately like it just started taking over with my handwriting and started drawing an image, um, I didn't get any really words in the image. It was just like, it looked like this box and then there was like black shading. And then all of a sudden there was just like this huge, strong urge to jump off the train. Just get out of there, go run, jump off the train. And we couldn't because we were in motion. Well, I didn't have that. I didn't have that urge. Oh, did I say we? I don't know. You just said we did it. Well, I, I couldn't. It was like this weird energy where it made me really want to get off the train, like, or stop or panic. It was just I think this, it was more of a panic. It was panic. So the picture was. Um, well, we, I couldn't tell what the, the picture was at the time. Okay. I couldn't tell what the picture was at the time. And so. Um, Did we figure it out later? Because everyone. Yeah, we figured was. out later because, okay, so. We the pictures all drawn out. I'm already like the channeling has come into from automatic writing to I can feel this energy just having a panic, and I told Sam I don't feel very comfortable. Well, no, there was a person there. Yeah. You didn't say that. Well, I didn't see them yet. Oh, okay. I was telling you that uh, I could feel the panic welling up because I felt the panic before I even saw the person. Okay. So, um, the panic set in, I told Sam, Sam is like, well, you know, try to figure out what it is, tune into it, try to see what it is. And when I did, oh my gosh, this like, I don't want to say crazy person, but it felt like a really mentally unstable, um, energy just like into the, the, what is that? The hall, like between the seats area. I don't think it was a mentally unstable energy. I think it was a panic energy. Oh my gosh. It was it was the most intense energy I had felt thus far. It was so intense to make me wanna like escape. It was it was it was too much. And I told you it's this person, they're panicking and they're they're just like flailing around and, and I don't feel safe. Were they trying to tell you to get off the train or something? Yeah, they were like, we need to get off. We need to stop this. We need to get it out. We need to go. We need to get out. We need to go now. And it was just like. And you weren't able to get the person to stop. No, it, I didn't know how to like communicate back at aggressive. that point. Mm -hmm. Very well, aggressive. Well, that's why I'm, I meant mentally unstable because it's just like they were not they were not checked in. They were not replying to me at all. They, no, were, they just, were just doing what they needed to do, what they yeah. felt like they needed to do. 
Yeah. It was a panic. It was scary. So at this point, I told Sam, I don't know what to do. He's not listening to me. I'm scared. I, I, I don't know how to handle this. And Sam at the time was like, well, ask my dad for help. And I had never thought about that because I'd never met your dad in person in like physical life. And it just felt really awkward to be like, hey, can you help me out here? <laughs> hey, but, uh, I get a hand there, buddy. <laughs> right. I know we never met, but can you help me? <laughs> but um, I, I did just as what Sam said. And I asked his dad for help. And wow, that was like, I didn't even have to finish what I was asking him for. And he came through and immediately put himself between me and this dude, this energy and was like, back up from her, man. You're scaring her. And it was just. <laughs> <laughs> he like got aggressive back. He did. He got in his face. And oh, oh, that really like helped it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still so grateful. I mean, now, now that I've kind of like been able to learn what I can do, I can kind of block people off. But at the time, I didn't really have that tool in my arsenal. Yeah, you know how to defend yourself a little more now. Yeah. And that's like one of the biggest things about this process is that like when you try to understand the way that you translate energy and vibration and what you see and feel and stuff like that, you have to be able to... Um, give yourself some grace because it's a process and it's not like you could just ask your friends how to get through it because some of them aren't tuned in as much as you are and it can be a little isolating I would say yeah, yeah and it's almost different for everybody too mm-hmm. absolutely different for everybody that's what makes it so interesting is that everybody has a different set of gifts and perspectives and like stuff like that. That's what's so exciting for me is, you know, hearing other people's experiences. Absolutely. And you have an experience too with your dad. Yeah, I do. I have an experience with my dad uh, when my dad passed away. So my dad passed away in December of 2009 and my mom and myself were there when my dad passed away. And then, uh, it was funny. I mean, I guess funny. <laughs> we, uh, we, we were in the room with him and we, we just knew that he was dying in, the, in that moment. Cause he was an ICU and we knew he was, dying. And so we just grabbed ourselves cause we really didn't want to be in the room. And when he went and it's like, okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. And we just kind of <laughs> left the room. And so, uh, the next day, uh, they called us, the hospital called us and they said, Hey, you want to come and pick up his belongings? And we're like, yeah, you know, I guess, I guess we'll do that. And so we went to the ICU. I believe it was the second or third floor at Valley Med in San Jose. It was my mom, my cousin Brian, and myself. We went to the ICU and we rang the little buzzer. And then this guy came out. And he's like, hey, you know, blah, 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 come on in. And we're like, nope, nope. We're not going in there. You bring his stuff out here. <laughs> we're going to be in the hallway. It was just eerie. You know? I know. I hate hospitals. And this is 2009. I didn't know you yet. I, you know, I just knew what I knew. Mm-hmm. And so we were waiting. Are we waiting? I think we're waiting for them to bring his stuff out. I don't remember. We're, we're staying in the hallway. 
And we're, that's probably because we're waiting. And we're by these elevators right next to the ICU. And this guy comes over, this guy in medical stuff. He's a doctor or he's something. And he pushes the elevator button and the elevator doors open and he steps in. And then he's standing there and you just see the elevator doors close. And then about five to ten seconds later, the elevator doors open up again. And the guy is still standing there and he's like, what, <laughs> what? And he pushes the button and the elevator doors close again. And we all three noticed this was happening. We're the only ones around. Nobody else was around. The three of us. And uh, another, you know, five seconds would go by and the elevator door opens again. And the guy looks around and he gets off the elevator and just walks away. He's like, nope, not today. <laughs> and then another two people come over. A man and a woman come over. And they get in the elevator. And the same thing happens to them. And they're closing the door. And the doors close. And the doors open again. And then they're like, they leave too. And we're like, what's going on? And my mom looks up and says, Tony, you better stop doing that. People don't like it. And right when she said that, uh, the next people came over. They got in the elevator. And it worked perfectly normal. That's wild. That was crazy. That is wild. And it was just him just showing us, hey, look, this is me. Yeah, is me. that's very I'm much. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Look what I can do. And then when she said, you better stop doing that, he was like, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're they're so feisty. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They're, I, I feel like they have... When, when you think of passed over individuals, a lot of people um, expect them to be exactly the same. And some of them hold that signature, but also they're a little bit lighter. Like, uh, I feel like their sense of humor goes up almost like oh, 100%. Physically lighter. I feel like that's the same thing. Like, because right, humor. I'm finally going to lose weight. Humor, when I feel humor as an energy, it's very light. It's a raised vibration. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they, it's kind of like on that same level. Well, that's what they say too. Like um, when my, my, my supervisor was having his goodbyes and he was talking to me, he said, you know, thank you for always lightening things up. Yeah. Because I always just make funny comments because mm-hmm. I'm the close clone yeah. at work. I, I feel it, man. Yeah. I feel it. So we have this, I guess, like new beginning of me learning how to, how to like do my mediumship because I I, I want to tell you that I had this beautiful like magical spiritual journey, but your awakening is like being birthed out in a bush. I mean, you've been, you've been on this journey for over 10 years. It feels like... For actually your whole life, but you've only been really open to it uh, since we've been together over 10 years. Like learning it and honing the skills. Yeah, just open to it mm-hmm. and not trying to just... Um, hide. <laughs> uh, stifle it, you know? Well, also hide. Yeah, I, that too. Be I free. Feel... Be you. Go scream from a mountaintop. Well, I think... well. I think that the reason why I, I want to hide so much besides, you know, the it's whole... It's just your upbringing. The upbringing, but also I think that I, I have, like, some kind of, you know, running cycle in my, like, history of, you know, ancestral history that uh, maybe people like me were persecuted and yeah, hiding Salem was witch. for safety. I mean, yeah, Salem witch I don't trials. know if I'm a I Salem just witch learned, I just learned that the Salem witch trials... If they thought you're a witch, they tie you up and they throw you in the water, which I knew. 
Mm-hmm. But the whole point of that was because if you're if you're a witch, the water will, re- will reject you, and then I guess they would kill you at that point. But if you're not a mm-hmm. witch, then you just sink to the bottom of the water and drown. Oh, it was terrible. So they the did only worse way things than to that. prove that you weren't a witch is to die. Ugh. Horrible. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. But yeah, so you see, I uh, like to hide myself for a very, very long time. And being able to learn more about uh, my abilities gave me the opportunity to embrace that side of myself. And yeah, I do get a little kind of scared telling people that I have these abilities. And um, that's just something I need to work on for myself. But I try to jump out of my comfort zone and uh, be my authentic self because that's that's I feel like that's the key to everything um, really is just being our true authentic selves because nobody else is like us nobody else is like each individual person and everybody has something beautiful to offer I mean if you're not your true authentic self then you're spending too much energy to suppress that self mm-hmm. it's like using all the energy to make the mask So moving along, uh, now we're at the the point where um, I would say, gosh. Well, we kind of left off where you were just kind of doing the different trials. Yeah. So this is still like 10 years ago-ish. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I almost want to forget it because it was so hard. Because at the time... I was bouncing between different like books and research. I didn't really have somebody to kind of like, like you were a usher me along. It's like you're a freshman. You're getting hazed by the universe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was rough. I'm telling you, anybody who tries to sell you that the spiritual journey and that whole, you know, delve into spirituality is this beautiful, fluffy, celestial experience. You have to get over this huge hump. Oh, no. I feel like it's constantly uh, hard truths, but you appreciate the honesty. Yeah, but I mean, that's what your bliss is at this point. It it just changes your perception of bliss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. like you're sitting on the cloud or something like that. I guess eventually, I don't know. I feel like uh, you're not completely... Like it's a it you never learn it all. It's like a constant learning journey. Do you want to get into the next ten years, or do you want to regroup and maybe do do that in a second episode? I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't hear an answer. I I didn't hear anything either. You know they're probably talking and we can't hear it. They might be yelling at their phone. They could be yelling so hard. Like, keep talking. This is so interesting. Oh man, I hope it I hope it is. I hope you guys find this interesting. I I, I feel like I've been rambling a lot just because there's just so much information and so much experience to fit in one episode. Almost impossible. Almost. But we can always refer it into different episodes after this. Because, I mean, you and I have had multiple experiences together of, you know, the paranormal uh, influence. Paranormal, yes. Paranormal. Yes. As well as paranormal. You know what? This guy. I I really appreciate having a partner who 
embraces that part of me as well as, you know, all of my other weird shit. Right? I look the other way. I know you look the other way. I ignore it. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> so, yeah, I want this podcast to be, you know, kind of uh, talking about my experiences because I can't put them all. I'm really trying to, like, condense it for you. And I'll share different experiences I've had throughout my life within the podcast with other people when I refer to, um, you know, I guess different types of experience with different supernatural things like um, ghosts and uh, not just ghosts because I I feel like uh, we all have the ability to see like different types of energy, different types of creatures and I'm here for it. I'm here to listen to it. Because I think everybody has a very unique perspective. And I, I'm so excited to hear how people see things because you never know who's going to open the light on some subject uh, that you barely know the tip of. Yeah, that too. And spoiler alert, you guys. She has talked to a few interesting people and presented the idea of them being on this podcast and they were for it. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. Hey, if you have something to say about your paranormal experience or you want to talk about. If you have something to talk about your paranormal experience (laughs) or anything uh, uh, regarding mythology, folklore, uh, what have you, please let me know. I am super excited to talk to anybody about this because I feel like. There's just so much to talk about. Astral projection. Yeah. I've Astral never done projection. It. We could talk about different types of remote viewing. You could talk about um, the the healing, the I don't know what it's called. Ah yeah, healing energy. And Reiki Reiki. Reiki, meditation. Henna. Wait, oh, henna. Wait, no, that's, no, that's... <laughs> that's something entirely different. I mean, if you want to talk about henna, I, I feel like we could. I mean, I, if I give myself a fake tattoo, that's pretty cool. It could be a spiritual tattoo. <laughs> it could be. Thank you, honey. Henna? <laughs> um, so I want to say that I, I am so appreciative of you listening to this podcast. I'm pretty sure that I'll get better at speaking things and not rambling. Um, this is kind of like my first go at my own personal podcast. And I just want to make sure that you guys feel comfortable. You enjoy what you hear. Uh, and you just have like a really fun time. Because really, I, that's how I feel Uh, I can contribute to the world sometimes is just, you know, bringing other people joy and something pleasant to experience. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I feel that the the temporary tattoos are a better solution because they hurt a lot less. How do you feel about what? Spiritualness? Yeah. How do you feel like, okay, so how do you feel... Uh, from 10 years ago to now that your spirituality has, has been different. I mean, I know a lot more about it because you talk about it all the time. I do. I talk your head off. I know. So I know more than I want to. Do I explain it well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of the time. Do you, do you have a big moment that you want to share that really blew your mind? 
Um, with you specifically? Maybe not just with me, but just in general, as well, in that, your paranormal experience. That elevator thing yeah, was a pretty was big one. And then uh, one thing that I really, I don't know, think about sometimes, I guess, is um, I dated this other girl before, before I was with you. And when I was with her, her sister died. And so uh, we were back at her place with, it was, you know, her, she lived with two other girls. They're her roommates. And it was just, you know, just them, a bunch of girls living in a house, whatever. And uh, their living room, uh, the, there was a big glass wall. One of the, the, the wall to the backyard was just glass from almost from the floor to the ceiling. And it was really neat. Um, and they had a big light in the living room. Mm. And that's kind of how we'd be in the backyard at nighttime. You'd have the living room light on. And that would give us enough light in the back patio to be lit. Yeah. And so the day after her sister died, we were all sitting on the patio and just kind of talking and just kind of, you know, whatever, kind of somber. And the light goes off. And there was no, everybody was, that was home was in the backyard with us. Nobody else had come in and nobody oh, else was home. So creepy. Nobody else was in the house. But the light switch, I went in, I went in because I'm the big strong guy of this mm-hmm. group. <laughs> I went in, don't laugh at that. I didn't that. mean to laugh. That's not comedy. I'm sorry. And I laugh, I laugh. I went in to go check on it <laughs> and the light switch was literally flicked down. Oh my God. It was really, literally flicked. And so I know that was her. Oh yeah, totally. She's like, click. Oh man. See, the, the crazy part about that is um, a lot of people, they think that I see the spirit do the thing, like if it's a light flicker or, you know, knocking or anything like that. And most of the time I'll see or experience the sound or the knocking faster than I can feel for the energy. Well, I feel like the spirit needs to project either a physical show or a, or a verbal show, like a knocking yeah. or a knocking something off the counter. I feel like it depends on what that spirit is putting their energy to into the moment. Because if they're putting their energy into knocking on the wall, then you're not going to see them. But if they're putting their energy into approaching you, then you would see them. Truly. And a lot of, I, I feel, I find that a lot of spirits um, have to field their way on how to communicate with you. Yeah, they have to learn as well. Yeah, they have to learn your language and how you um, are able to perceive or translate their energy because mm-hmm. some people, they can't hear them, but they'll see them. And it's kind of like a little dance, a little tango. I think you should tell the story about that uh, Barnes Noble, that boy. Oh boy, that was that was an interesting one. Like I said, it was during my learning, like ten years ago, it was, was my in that, college it was learning frame, like phase. Yeah, it was during that time frame when you so, were learning, when you're doing different things. Uh, I used to be working in the media department at uh, Barnes and Noble. And I noticed that I would get like these really horrible headaches in the media department specifically. Like I, I would work different places around the store, but the media department, I would get these really bad headaches. And then, uh, I mentioned it once to a coworker and then he said, oh, that's weird. I always get really bad headaches when I work back here. And I thought, oh, that's strange that people get headaches when they work back here it's not any different from the rest of the store not really and uh usually i try to avoid spirits um at that point of my life 
if they really needed to talk to me, I would let them. But I, I tried really hard to avoid them because a lot of the time um, they I didn't know how to help them. Well, I, at the same time, also spirits are kind of needy and you were trying yeah, to work. Yeah, true. So um, I was, you know. Wait, just, let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Spirits can be kind of needy. I mean, yeah, they, they ain't got no body. To, and you were trying to work. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm trying to make two dollars an hour here. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> two fifty. Um. So yeah. Uh. We're, I was checking different stuff. I was in the media department alone, and all of a sudden, um, I realized I got a headache. Uh, I don't know if you ever feel a headache coming on, but it just felt so sudden that I started getting this huge headache, and it was just like the other headaches before. And I just went kind of on a limb and I said, if there's anybody in the media department with me right now, um, I'll talk to you. And immediately I had this younger energy of like a young man come through and my headache intensified. As soon as he was next to me, the headache got even worse. And I said, oh, you need to step back because that hurts a lot. And he was very respectful the way he stepped back. And I said, uh, what are you all about? And I don't think that he was able to say a lot, but I know that he had told me that he had been there for a while. Um, but we had a little bit of a, a hard time communicating. I don't know what the issue was I probably was having a hard time understanding he he I remember his mannerisms were very respectful they were very uh, mature I don't yeah, know how from, to like say it from what I remember about the story uh, there was little to no communication mm-hmm. verbally yeah and so um, I found out that that was like Oh, wait. Just very strange. Yeah, so talk about he tried to follow you out of the store. Yeah, so um, he backed off and then the headache went away. He was able to, like, get away from me enough for the headache to stop. Just take a couple paces back. Yeah, and uh, went through my whole shift. Sam came to pick me up. That was when we were riding the bus together. Yeah, he used to always come pick her up on the bus. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as soon as I get off my shift... Uh, I'm walking out the door and I saw him right behind me. He was like following me outside he of was the like, building. All right, we're off work now. Yeah. <laughs> and so he followed me outside the building and I was like, he's behind me still. And I think you you said to for him to go. No, I think I told you to tell him to go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't have any say so over people. So I'm trying to remember if I, just, I think I, I just think, said, you can go you now. Said, you can't follow me. Yeah. You, I was like, you can Please go don't now. Please follow me or something like and that. And he didn't go back inside the building. No, the he building. just went the other direction in the parking lot. Yeah. Area. He just walked off. And later I found out through like Googling um, that it was a boy that had gotten um, shot, shot. in the head. In the head. Down right, the street from right it. Right outside of. Or right close to Eastridge. Yeah. yeah. And um, she, he was giving headaches because he was shot in the head. And I feel like we, we conclude. So at this point, right, it's just kind of 
what we conclude. Mm -hmm. We concluded that uh, maybe he didn't realize he was dead, or maybe he just the, the he was just scared and he ran. Stuck. He ran to Barnes Noble to go hide, and he got stuck. Yeah. But he, and then he followed you out because of your light. Yeah, and he never came back. And he was free. I was there for quite a few years, and he, I, I never saw him again. And what about headaches? In the no headaches. Center? No headaches. I mean, regular headaches. But I, that management, was also... Management causing headaches, but... <laughs> that was also the way that I was able to um, catch when I sent someone's energy rather than it's being my own. Because I would just dismiss things like that as like, oh, I'm just getting a headache. But the same thing also happens with, with like depression. Mm -hmm. Sometimes exactly. if there's a depressed spirit by you, um, you feel the depression. Oh, yeah. And then you think it's yours, right? Just like you thought that was your headache. Yep, yep. And that's why I, I feel like there's a lot of people don't realize that they have the ability to absorb energy from not, not just ghosts, but other people. Like, we're very sensitive, and yeah. we don't really know that. And it's not True. very openly spoken about, about how we can feel things off people and how we, uh, you know, get those emotions off, you know, media, like movies, listening to music that makes us sad. I mean, it's supposed to make you sad, so it works, you but know? But, like, the sad music, I love it. It soothes my soul. You know? uh, no. <laughs> Cause the angry. You're like, the so angry, they're saying my words. The angry, angsty. <laughs> Corn and Deftones, that just soothes my soul. Yeah, I know. I, I know you like it. But I, I feel like there's so much more to touch on this. And Yeah, this um, is the beginning. This is just the beginning. If you enjoyed listening to us, please, please, please subscribe Not and us. let us know. You. I mean, for this episode. Yeah, I guess so. If you appreciated having Sam here uh let him know but don't put the subscribe button specifically on me oh my goodness just subscribe whether or not you liked me even if you didn't like me subscribe because i won't be here i can't wait to do episode two without you i'm gonna be here for episode two <laughs> <laughs> we have to follow this up more we have to go through that 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 decade where you were growing and you were learning yeah, and you were stumbling absolutely. we have to go through that so i'll, I'll probably be there I, I appreciate that because sometimes you fill in the gaps. There's certain experiences that, I, that I've had that I, I can't remember because I feel like I like kind of blocked them out. Like that one time where I was uh, dreaming and I thought, oh, gosh, it was like I was witnessing your dad's experience in the hospital Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That scared the crap out of me. But yeah. we oh. can get into your dreams a different a different time. Um, but a quick quick teaser on that is uh, we conclude, we think, uh, that Athena has dreams where she she quantum leaps, if you will, uh, into somebody's body uh, when they pass away in order for her to help that burden and that transition uh, for them to move on. Did I say that? Yeah, I would okay. feel like that's the best way I can explain it's it. It's taken a long time because she's had a lot of death dreams. A lot of death dreams, and they're complete strangers. But one specific time, uh, it was years after my dad had passed away, but she had a dream where she was seeing my mom and me from the perspective of, we'll say, a hospital bed, mm -hmm. right? And that was maybe, maybe, somehow, because she just leaps into, into, into strangers, 
So what if you were there when my dad passed away and you helped him go? Oh, that's so cr- spooky. Ugh. And you, for some reason, you just had that, that dream, almost like a rerun, um, because you didn't know me at the time. Yeah. And you didn't know my mom at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of those dreams are kind of like a quantum leap. And sometimes I feel like not just death. I mean, quantum leap is a silly name. I but, feel like but that's kind of it's a good way to describe it, though. Yeah. Because I do just pop it. up into a body out of nowhere. Like, Wait, what? What am I doing here? And then all of a sudden uh, the earth explodes, right? Or something. Or I just say, oh, boy. There's a huge explosion or there's a huge. Oh, yeah. Wave. Those are the worst. Oh, I get so but scared I think about those. We should those do a whole ones. episode dedicated to your dreaming. That would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Or well, you could do it or whatever. All right, I guess I'll I'll have you be there too. All right. Yay! <laughs> he made it back on the team, friends. Yeah. And with that, I want to tell you thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Talk Woo Woo to Me, a supernatural podcast. I am your host, Athena Rodriguez, and I want to thank my guest, Funky Sam Medina, for being so absolutely beautiful to me. Oh, thank you. You're so hot, babe. You so hot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Take it down a notch. I got I'm got I got frisky. We'll cut that part out. Right. Y'all we don't, don't have to. We don't have to. It's no, fine. No, no, no. <laughs> they can see the real you. The real me is frisky. Oh man. You just just stop while you're ahead. Please just stop. Just cut it out. Just stop. Just cut it all out. Stop. Cut it all Did out. Did you say any social media stuff? Oh damn it. I didn't. Go. Well, hey, (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that Sam cut this out. Future Sam, please edit that out, that big chunk before this. Hey, if you want to follow us on social media, this Talk Woo Woo To Me podcast will be posted on Hypothetical Comedy's Instagram, hypotheticalcomedy.com, and you can listen to it on spot. Well, you know how to listen to it because you're listening, right? Yeah, but I said your social media. My social media is uh, social media take two. It's at Instagram. I mean, it's not at it. It's on. Oh my god! Yeah, you have at Instagram. <laughs> hey, if you want to follow me and my social uh, media take three. <laughs> hey, if you want to follow me, you can follow. Don't follow me. Wait, how? Do, okay, hold on. Friends, if you'd like to follow me on social media, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at she shines for you all spelled out. Uh, no, no numbers, no numbers. Thanks.